I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 75 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and smash that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, there has been a noticeable spike in my downloads recently, and I would like to get a second here to say thank you to my many loyal listeners out there who keep encouraging me on social media. And I would also like to say welcome to the many new dads who are tuning in, as well as a special thank you to all the moms out there who have been hitting me up on Twitter and Instagram with such kind feedback and nice remarks. Uh, It is nice to have you on board here. Uh, Please continue to show me support. Hit me up on Twitter. Give me your feedback. Let me know what you think about the podcast. It all goes a long way to help me bring you the best podcast possible. And my list of monthly contributors is growing quicker every day. And for those of you out there who are throwing in anywhere from a dollar to $10 a month, I have to say you are greatly appreciated and you're going a long way to help continue this podcast and keep pushing the message out that we're all about here. If you're interested in becoming a monthly contributor, Hang on for just one moment here, and I'll get into that in just a second. All right, another September 11th anniversary is in the books, and my guest on today's podcast played a key role in recovering one of the major artifacts of that day. He also dropped a new book on us yesterday called I Am Neil Armstrong. Brad Meltzer will be joining me here in just a few minutes, so please stick around. You do not want to miss that interview. Coming up on Friday's podcast, episode 76, I will be joined here by First Class Father and an entrepreneur whose company Strike Force Energy has exploded with success. He also happens to be a former member of the elite U.S. Navy SEALs. Sean Matson will be my guest here on the podcast Friday. So come on, dads, lock it in, subscribe, pass this podcast around the neighborhood to any father or father figure in your life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on America's number one kids and family podcast. All right, I'll be right back with New York Times bestselling author Brad Meltzer right after I smack you with a quick spot here. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a First Class Father, He is a best-selling author whose latest novel, The Escape Artist, debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list. He has an amazing IM series of biographies for kids where ordinary people change the world. With his latest installment, I Am Neil Armstrong, dropping yesterday, it is a great privilege for me to say, Brad Meltzer, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, Brad, I wrote a few questions for you. Here we go. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? Um, So my kids range from all the way up to 16 down to 10. I've got three of them, and uh, and they are the reason I became a kid's book writer uh, is because I was tired of them looking at, you know, loudmouth athletes, reality TV show stars, people who are famous for being famous, I was tired of it. And I just wanted to give them better heroes. So my kids have affected everything I do in terms of writing. 
What type of sports or activities are the kids into? Uh, so, uh, you know, it's funny. If you drew uh, concentric circles and you tried to find the overlaps to see what our kids like, there's nothing that they all like except our dog. <laughs> our dog is the only thing that they overlap on. Um, so one kid loves sports and loves playing basketball and loves playing baseball. Um, my daughter is, you know, loves animals and, and likes dance, and my youngest is our creative one who is, um, you know, obsessed with superheroes and all the nerd stuff like I am. There's nothing that one of them wants to do that the other two want to do. Okay, very cool. A little variety there is the spice of life, as they say. No, no, that's um, a good way to look at it as opposed to, like, it's maddening because, you know, they can never agree on anything, but I appreciate the way you sell it instead. All right, you're a best-selling author, so I'm curious to hear, which books did you read to your kids when they were younger? You know, um, I was a huge, uh, I grew up on Dr. Seuss, of course, so Dr. Seuss was just a big one for me. I think Fox and Sox still gets my kids to laugh even today. Um, you know, and, and listen, we did obviously the cliche things. We did, you know, Good Night Moon one billion times. But I just remember there were books like um, Sometimes I Like to Curl Up in a Ball was a big one in this house. Um, and they liked the things that made them laugh. I mean, I think the most underrated children's book of all time is the monster at the end of this book, you know, Grover from Sesame Street. And it says, you know, do not turn the page. And then you got to turn the page. My kids, we, I mean, I still think that book is just brilliant. And so that was a big one for us, too. Yeah, right on with that. I'll, I'll tell you what, I can recite some of those Dr. Seuss books from memory, believe me. All right, Heroes for My Son was an amazing book and a wonderful experience for all parents to read. What's sort of the backstory to that? What's the genesis of that idea? Was your son born when you wrote it, or was he on the way? How'd you go about that one? Yeah, so on the day that I was born, in 1970, um, my dad went to the liquor store and bought a bottle of champagne. And he said, I'm going to open up this bottle of champagne on the night my son Brad gets married. And the funny thing was, my dad, when he turned 39 years old, he lost his job. He lost everything. We were living in Brooklyn, New York at the time, and he decided that he was going to start his life over from scratch. He had no money, no place to live. He had $1,200 to his name. We were terrified. And my dad started over from nothing. And, you know, when you move, there's all the things, you know, you put your stuff in the car, you know, in the, in the moving truck. You got your furniture. You got your clothes. But we also know anyone who's moved that there's those things you don't trust to the movers, all right, those things you just like, I'm, no one's touching this. This is my stuff. I'm taking it myself. And I remember we drove from Brooklyn, New York, down to Florida, and it was my mom and dad in the front seat, my sister and I in the back seat. And behind the two headrests in the back seat were two bottles of champagne that used to roll back and forth in the Florida sun. My parents didn't know anything about taking care of champagne, but we were their lives, right? Like that was what they loved. And so when my son was born, I was like, I don't care about champagne. That's nonsense. You know, I, I, I care. I'm a writer. I, I like books. And I said, on the night my son was born, I'm going to write you a book that lasts his whole life. And one day I'll present it to him. He will say, thank you, Dad. You are indeed the greatest father of all time. Thank you for this great advice. I had this big parade plan for myself. It was going to be awesome. And the reality was I didn't know anything about, you know, being a dad. Just like anyone listening right now, we just love our kids. That's all we know when, when that first child comes. You just love your kid with all you got. And so for me, that was all I cared about. Um, and the book, truthfully, was garbage. It was just, you know, writing, like, saying be good to your kid and expecting them to be good. But a friend of mine, Simon Sinek, told me this amazing story about the Wright brothers. He said that every time the Wright brothers went out to fly their plane, 
they would bring enough extra materials for multiple crashes, which means every time they went out, they knew they would fail. And they would crash and rebuild and crash and rebuild, and that's why they took off. And I love that story. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Right? I, I wanted my sons to hear that story. I wanted my daughter to hear that story. I wanted everyone to know if you dream big and you work hard and you have a good side order of stubbornness, you can do anything in this world. And I said, that's the book I want to write. Not a book of rules, but a book of heroes. And so I started Heroes for My Son, and every page is a one-page story of inspiration. It starts with that Wright Brothers story I just told you, and it has Abraham Lincoln, Muhammad Ali, and Harriet Tubman, and Rosa Parks. Just, you know, a 100 uh, entries, basically 50 different heroes in this book. And then I did, my daughter was born, I had to do Heroes for My Daughter. And so in total, there are about 100 and plus heroes that are in the two books. All Each book is entirely different. Um, than the other one. So I, I got to do that for my kids, and it was my first kind of dabbling in, in kind of writing as a dad. Okay, we're going to dive into the new I Am Neil Armstrong book in just a second here. Uh, but I'm curious about the I Am series. I love reading those books to my children. Are all the I Am book characters the same ones we can find in Heroes for My Son or Daughter, or are there some different heroes mixed into the batch? Um, it's a good question. I never... I, Sam, let me just think real quick. I think everyone we've done so far has appeared in one of them. Because, you know, what we saw was, is my kids liked the one-page stories, but as they got, you know, older, they wanted to know more about them. And that's, you know, the I Am series really came about because I was just like, I can give them these stories. I can give them better heroes than the nonsense they see on reality television. I can give them better heroes than what they see on a, you know, on a football field. And, um... And so we started with I'm Amelia Earhart and I'm Abraham Lincoln. And and the truth is, if I tell my daughter Amelia Earhart flew across the Atlantic Ocean, she's not impressed. My daughter's like, big deal, Dad. Everyone flies across the Atlantic. Um, you know, but if I tell her, and this is true, that when Amelia Earhart was seven years old, she built a homemade roller coaster in her backyard, that she took a wooden crate and she put roller skating wheels on the bottom of it, and she shoved it to the roof of her tool shed and then got on the roof, got into the cart, and came flying down the side on two two-by-fours and went flying through the air, you know, crashed and says, that was amazing or whatever she said at the time. My daughter's like that. Now Amelia Earhart is bold and daring, and most important, she's fun. And so we, I started with I'm Amelia Earhart, I am Abraham Lincoln, and they, all the books always start with the stories when, when the hero was a kid. And so you see Amelia Earhart at seven. You see Abraham Lincoln when he's ten. Um, and we've done I Am Rosa Parks, Albert Einstein, Jackie Robinson. Um, I, you know, Jackie Robinson. I think it's, again, I wanted my son who loves sports to have. This is what a real hero looks like—a real sports hero. And then we did I Am Lucille Ball because I wanted my daughter to have a, a female entertainment hero who wasn't just famous for being thin and pretty. That Lucy stands for the idea it's not just okay to be different. But it's fantastic to be different. That's the best part of who we are. And we did I Am Helen Keller. I Am Martin Luther King Jr. and George Washington. Um, and I can tell you that uh, I did I Am Jane Goodall for my daughter who loves our dogs. She just loves animals. She loves our dog. And Jane Goodall used her love of animals to change science as we know it. And then for my youngest, who is the creative one I mentioned to you, I did I Am Jim Henson. And I can tell you that when I was five years old, Jim Henson taught me that you could use your creativity to put good into this world. You know, on Sesame Street, that was a lesson. You can use your creativity to put good into the world. And I hope that that is all I'm trying to do with the I Am series, is just trying to use my creativity to put good out into the universe. 
Yes, I love the message, Brad. I love the IM series. If anyone listening out there is looking for a baby shower book or a birthday gift, make sure you grab one of these books in the series. Our kids need these heroes. They need these stories. They are important to our history, and it's important to understand what a real hero looks like, especially today. All right, now all the books in the IM book series are wonderfully illustrated, but today the digital books have really taken over the marketplace. I'm a huge reader, but I need to have the physical book in my hand. How do you feel about the digital books? You know, um, listen, I'm like you. I want a book. I've always wanted a book, right, because I grew up with a book. Um, I actually don't care as long as people are reading, but I will tell you this. When it comes to our kids' books, our IM books, um, we sell 98% of them are physical books because no one wants to curl up with their kid with an iPad. You know, even though you can, you certainly can take it with you. But to me, as, as a friend of mine taught me um, years ago, is the reason you want to read to your kid, it's not about what book you read. They'll never remember that detail always. But what they're going to never forget is you sat there with your arms around them telling them the story. And it was that physical part of sitting together, turning those pages, arms around each other that was so vital. And, and I, I love that and I try to live by that. And to me, that's why I'm always going to prefer a book. Yeah, well said, Brad. I was going to ask you, my next question was going to be to tell us why it's important for fathers to read with their kids. But you kind of painted a beautiful picture there and really knocked that one out of the park. So, All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors. And I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. I am Neil Armstrong. The newest installment of Brad Meltzer's best-selling biography series, Where Ordinary People Change the World. Each book in the series tells the story of one of America's icons in a lively, conversational way, and always includes the hero's childhood influences. This volume tells the story of Neil Armstrong, the first person to walk on the moon. Get your copy wherever books are sold. I am Neil Armstrong by Brad Meltzer. Let me shift gears here a bit. Uh, it's been 17 years now since 9-11. We just had the anniversary yesterday. Uh, one of the images that we see a lot around this time of the year is the FDNY firefighters raising the flag at Ground Zero. But that flag was almost lost forever until you got involved. Please share a little bit about that story with my listeners and how you went about helping to recover the iconic American flag from 9-11. Yeah, that was crazy. Um what happened was, is I went, you know, we did a show called Decoded on the History Channel, and I went to the History Channel and said, I got an idea for a new show. And I said, what I want to do is I want to tell the story of lost artifacts that have been stolen that are missing all across the United States. And then we're going to use our show like a modern-day wanted poster. And I'll tell the story of the show, of the item. We'll put up a $10,000 reward and we'll say to America, we need your help. Please bring it back. And on the very first episode, that's exactly what we did. Um, I went and told the story of the missing 9-11 flag that the firefighters raised at ground zero. We all know that famous picture of the firefighters raising the flag there. What no one knew is that within 24 hours, the flag was gone. It went missing. No one knew where it was. And we told the story of it. I said, America, please, someone out there knows where it is. If you do, we'll give you 10 grand. Tell us who, you know, who has it. And what I couldn't say at the time, but four days after our show aired, a man walked into a fire station in Washington State in Everett, Washington, and he said, I saw the show Lost History, and I need to bring this back. This is the 9-11 flag. 
And we took the better part of a year to authenticate it. We had to work with, uh, obviously, forensic experts. They were looking at the dust in the flag. They were looking at the tape on the flag. All these details that, you know, only we would know some of it, like we had access to information that no one else had. And they, I remember the former head of the FBI Art Crimes Unit said to me, Brad, this flag is now more authenticated than most Rembrandts in museums. And I was lucky enough that on the 15th anniversary of 9-11, I was able to help unveil that flag in the 9-11 Museum where it currently sits on display. So take your kids to go see it. It's not a depression museum. It's a museum where you can show your kids that real heroes exist in this world. And I'm just honored to play even a small role in, in the return of that. Yeah, wow. What a fascinating story, Brad. And I, and I can't believe that it's been 17 years now uh, since that tragic event. All right, let's bring it back now to 9-11-18. Yesterday, you dropped a new book on us. It is called I Am Neil Armstrong. What can you tell me and my listeners about it? Yeah, so, you know, Neil Armstrong is, I think if you ask anyone what his great accomplishment is, they'll tell you he's the guy who walked on the moon first than anyone, right? Number one. But to Agreed. me, that, that is, that's of course true, but that's not what makes him amazing. What makes him a hero to me are the lessons he gave us while getting there. Most important is, um, you know, he was humble. He was absolutely humble. You know, Neil Armstrong never said, I, I did this, I did, you know, he would say, we, we did this. Before he, you know, when they went where the Apollo mission was taken off, he was like, what, what we accomplished today is all of our accomplishment. Because he knew that everyone from the scientists and the engineers, the mathematicians to the tailors who sewed together his spacesuit, all of them had a hand in that journey. And again, remember when humility was a great American value? When was the last time any leader in America was, all, was not saying I, I, I? And, and we want, to me, I want to teach my kids that. I need to get back to that. And Neil Armstrong is a perfect example to do it. Well said. And what you're saying is really so important. Leading up to 9-11, I've been honored to have so many different Navy SEALs come on the podcast, and they have that exact mindset of teamwork, staying humble, and becoming part of something that's bigger than themselves. And it's been amazing to listen to them talk about it, and it's encouraging to hear you speak about it in a way that's getting the message out there to our children. And listen, and he has these other lessons that, again, for me, our, our kids need, which is, you know, one, let's not forget the value of hard work. Um, Neil Armstrong, when he was a kid, there was this huge tree in his backyard. It was his number one thing he wanted to climb. And it was huge. But how do you, how does a little kid climb a tree? And you, you go branch by branch, right? You gotta slowly make your way up. And he grabs a dead branch and the branch snaps. And he falls 15 feet to the ground, lands on his back, wind knocked out of him. But the most important thing that Neil Armstrong does that day is he gets back up again. And he continues to go. And that's a lesson I give my own kids, right? You gotta get back up again. And he goes and he starts, you know, starts working hard. He mows grass in a cemetery so he can save money, so he can buy toy airplanes. Then he can save for lessons to fly a real airplane. He gets his pilot's license before he gets his driver's license. And then he's flying as a test pilot and then as an astronaut. And then he's up there on the moon. And we all know about his giant, you know, the great, the, the, the you know, the, 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 the giant leap. But you don't get the giant leap unless you have the thousands of small steps it takes to get there, starting from that tree. And I need my kids to know that hard work takes hard work, right? That accomplishment takes hard work. 
Yeah, hey, I'm with you 100% on that. And I think really as a culture, one of the biggest mistakes is that we celebrate mediocrity now. And, and we're like you said, we're celebrating celebrities for not accomplishing anything. And it's that whole um, every kid gets a trophy mentality that really sparked me at the beginning of this podcast here. And since I've done so, I, I've had the opportunity to speak to so many fathers that are really sick and tired of that philosophy. They're sick of the every kid gets a trophy mentality and we're only celebrating these people because they have the loudest megaphone to get their message out, and they're making the most noise. Right, and listen, that's what, you know, one of the things Armstrong does is, like, he shows you that it's the calm person, not the loud person who should be celebrated. He has this amazing moment when he's, he's flying the Gemini 8. It's the first time a, a spacecraft docks together with another spacecraft in history. And they're all celebrating, and they're, all, you know, cheering them on. And all of a sudden, there's a, an accident that happens. And suddenly the Gemini 8 is hurtling end over end back to Earth. It's, you know, this is it. He's going to die in this thing. And in that moment, he doesn't freak out. He stays calm. He stays collected. He starts firing. One of the thrusters is broken. He fires another one, figures it out. And it's the same thing when he landed on the moon. They couldn't tell back then how high he was in the moon landing. He had a minute of fuel left. One minute. That's it. And he's off from where they were supposed to land. So there's giant rocks the size of cars below him. And he has to just stay calm. And all he has, he doesn't have the instruments we have today. What he has is he has a stopwatch and math. And that's how he figures out where he should go and how he should get down. And the calm, you know, we celebrate today the loudest one. We celebrate the people on Twitter who get the most attention. But that's not what I want to teach my kids. What I want to teach my kids is it's the hard workers. It's the humble ones. It's the ones who don't go and scream credit for themselves and say that they're the best. They're the ones that we should respect the most. Great stuff. I'm with you 100%. All right, let me get you on this. We are now in this social media era, and technology has kind of taken over. How do you handle tech time with your kids, and are they wrapped up in the Fortnite craze that's taken the country by storm? Of course. Uh, you know, um, and I'll tell you this. I don't know if this is right or this is wrong, but, I, you know, to me, good father, father, being a good father is, you know, there is no right or wrong answer most of the time. you got to figure it out. Uh, yesterday, I, you know, I could sit there and complain. Like, I want my kids off their screens. I want them off their devices. And the only way to do that is you got to give them something better. That's why we launched the IM series. I was like, I'm, I hired a guy who does Spider-Man, who did, you know, uh, Fantastic Four in the X-Men cartoon. You know, I was like, Chris Eliopoulos, our amazing artist on the IM series, did comic books. So that's why people come to him, because they love his art. It has like a Peanuts meets Calvin and Hobbes style. Um, but when I can't beat him, I join him. So last night, I was playing Fortnite with them. I was like, I, I'm terrible at it. I get killed in a second. They all laugh at me. But, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I loved comic books. I loved to read. And my dad was a big sports guy. You know, and I like sports, too. But my dad likes sports more, and I like, you know, I like kind of science fiction more. But you know what my dad did? He would have much rather been buying baseballs for me, but he was always buying me comic books. He bought me what I loved. He met me that halfway and said, okay, you love this stuff? I don't know. I think it's kind of crap, but you love it, I'm in. And that was a beautiful lesson my dad gave me, so I just try and use that lesson today as well for my own kids. I agree with your philosophy there, Brad. And believe me, I've played so much Call of Duty with my kids, I should be allowed to use the VA by now. <laughs> uh. All right. I am Neil Armstrong is now available everywhere. Is there any particular spot in which we can go and grab a copy? Oh, listen, you can go to bradmelter.com. There's links to everyone, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You know, you can buy them in any bookstore in, in the country. Uh, I am Neil Armstrong is just out. 
and uh, obviously very excited to have people share it. And, and you know, for me, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll leave you with this. If something amazing happened as the election was happening about a year and a half ago, as Clinton, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were beating each other over the heads every day, we saw something fascinating happen with our books. And it was that uh, parents on both sides, these, a couple of our books started taking off. I am Martin Luther King Jr. I am Rosa Parks. I am George Washington. And it wasn't a Democrat or Republican thing. It was that parents on both sides were looking around and realizing that they were putting on the TV every night and seeing politicians when what they wanted to show their kids were leaders. And we all know there's a great difference between a politician and a leader. And in that moment, they were fighting back with our books. And, in, you know, since the election, our book sales have gone up. And I love that people are using their books to give kids the values that we so sorely are missing in the country today. Um, I love that they're using I Am Neil Armstrong to do that and all the other books. And I love that people are using our books to build a library of real heroes for their kids and their grandkids and their nieces and nephews. Awesome. Well said. Yeah, I am a big champion for reading. Uh, okay, let me hit you with this last question before I let you go. I, I love to ask all the dads that I have on the podcast here. What kind of advice could you give to the new father or to the about-to-be dad that's out there listening? Uh, man, I think there's only one rule to be a dad. You just got to love your kid. You're going to screw up a million times. We all screw up a million times. But the only thing you can't screw up is you got to make sure your kid knows you love him. That's it. Everything else you're going to mess up. But you love your kid with all your might, and that will take the rest will take care of itself. All right. Well said. Yeah, Brad, this has been a lot of fun. I want to say thank you very much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, brother. Thanks for putting out the good word to everybody. All right. We'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a huge thank you once again to First Class Father Brad Meltzer for giving me a few minutes of his time today. And I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there for continuing to come back and listen to the podcast here. Please hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you thought about today's episode and subscribe to the podcast. You do not want to miss Friday's episode. I will be joined here by first class father and former Navy SEAL Sean Matson. Also still to come on the podcast next week, I will have another Navy SEAL on the podcast. My last one. So be sure you check it out. I will have Brent Gleason on the podcast Monday. Uh, so please, guys, keep coming back to First Class Fatherhood. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on First Class Fatherhood. I'm Alec Lace, and that's all I got for you today. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We're fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feelings.